listeners, you, you have to actually tune in carefully here because we're going to be talking to Antonio Costella. Um, but his company is Antonio Carlo Gourmet Sauces. So um, it took me a while to catch on to that, um, Antonio. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a close, yeah. Um, how did you end up running a, a gourmet sauce company, especially one that seemed to be so rooted in, um, in like in Genoa uh, with uh, somebody's Nona? How did you end sure. up where you are? Absolutely. Well, that's a great question, Ann. And first off, thank you for hosting today. We appreciate the opportunity to speak with you and Peter and to share our story. Um, my real job, I'm in healthcare, but you know, my uh, other passion, uh, equally as passionate, I love to cook. And you know, having been born in Genoa, Italy, uh, you know, um, my family passed down my nonna's. Uh, it's a third-generation gourmet marinara recipe. And even as a young boy, when we, uh, you know, moved to uh, New Jersey when I was very young, uh, I would love to hang around the kitchen and watch my mom and dad cook. And I learned at an early age how to cook, you know, Italian dishes mm-hmm. and uh, to make my own marinara or, as we say in New Jersey, gravy. So, of course, it's a big debate. <laughs> That's right. Sauce or gravy, but I call it gravy. But for today, we'll call it uh, marinara. So approximately, and, you know, we would always serve it to friends and neighbors. And, uh, you know, they would rave how delicious and authentic uh, it would taste and it would bring them back memories when they were young, cooking with their moms and dads and their nonas. Um, and we, would, we raised our two boys, Michael and Anthony, on it. <clears throat> and uh, they kept asking and, you know, requesting, telling us, you know, you know, re- you really need to share this with the masses and launch this. Well, my wife and I have both had our, have our careers and we're very busy. However, approximately four years ago, my wife, Kate, uh, took the bull by the horns, uh, did all the paperwork with the, uh, you know, nutritional authorities uh, and opened a website, created a label, and we launched Antonio Carlo Gourmet Marinara Sauces with my Nonna's original recipe. Uh, that's how it started, really, approximately four years ago. Now, who is we Antonio were, Carlo? Uh, I am. That's my actual real name. Antonio okay. is my first name, and Carlo is my middle name. So it's Antonio Carlo okay. Costella. Okay. Yeah, you know what's funny about your surname, Costella, is, um, you know, I had a boss in Philadelphia when I was there whose name was Costella, and and he was Irish. Sure. <laughs> and yep. I found yep. out that Costello, not Costella, but Costello, is a traditional Irish surname. And and this this developer um, who's wrecked my the the lot next door to my house, his name is Costello, and he's Irish, second generation, yeah. I think. <laughs> yep, that's very so, very common. Uh, how you know Costello is uh, is Irish, Castle. and often when yeah, often when you know folks either write our name or refer to us, they always want to put an O. 
on the end of our name, our last name, or surname, instead of an A, and you know, I have to correct them. It's Costello, and but I guess because Costello yeah. is more common and maybe even easier to pronounce. Well, Costello, the Irish version was originally um, spelled with an O E ending, oh. like Ballad Malou. I mean, so it is a different root. So did um, not realize that. That's very interesting. Yeah, yeah. But, Anyhow, back to besides your name, let's talk about your company. Um, so you set out to to do this. Now you have two products, two sauces, right? Or do you have uh, more? We actually we 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 currently have four, and we'll be expanding. But currently, we have four. We have, um, you know, again, my my family's third generation original recipe. And now we've also launched a fresh tomato basil leaf, a roasted garlic, and a spicy arrabbiata. Uh-huh. Okay. And Which means angry. Four, Which means angry. Yes. Arrabbiata. That's right. That's <laughs> angry. That's right. It's got a nice <laughs> little kick to it. And all four are obviously uh, wonderful with pasta. However, the three new flavors pair especially well and with additional food groups to pasta. For example, the um, fresh tomato basil leaf, we like to utilize that to make homemade pizza on the grill. And the reason is you'll see it's much darker than the other. The shade of red is much darker. That's because we infuse it with an entire basil plant. So what happens is all that beautiful dark basil oil and extra virgin olive oil that sits on top of the Maybe not on top of the jar. That will soak into your crust, and you'll get a wonderful smoky margarita flavor, if you will. The roasted garlic, in addition to pasta, pairs especially excellent with um, any proteins, chicken, veal, pork, sausage, meatballs, even grilled vegetables. And finally, the angry arbiata. Um, seafood, of course, shrimp fra diavolo, mussels marinara, beautiful frutta de mare. <laughs> Do you happen to have an American accent? Uh, <laughs> when you're speaking yeah. Italian. <laughs> yes. <laughs> How can you tell? <laughs> I, I can tell. I, they, they say uh, any language, if you learn it past age 12, um, you know, you're going to retain your original accent anyhow. And you were much younger than that, so I, I'm not surprised that you could have an accent. Yeah, yeah, I, mean, yeah. Uh, I was a bambino, hardly one year old, actually, when we, uh, uh, you know, traveled from Italy to, uh, to Newark, New Jersey, is where we landed. Yeah. And wow. then, uh, you know, with Bloomfield, and then, of course, we moved down here to North Carolina about 15 years ago. So. But, but that's the question. I mean, why, 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 move, why move from Genoa, Italy? To New Jersey. Uh, that's, that would be a great question to ask my mom and dad, and they had visions. You know, we had other, they had other family relatives in New Jersey, and, okay. you know, they felt that there would be more opportunity for their right. children. They came to, to the land, uh, the cliche, of course, the land of opportunity. Right. <laughs> yeah, well, I had a, a double first cousin who um, set out to, to – for Ancestry.com information about our family. And she concluded that we were actually not Italian from Sicily, uh, but we were 
French aristocrats with big land holdings. So I said, Michael, and oh my don't you the crest, you know, great crest that, 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 that was designed and she had it framed. And I said, Michael, if we had all that money and all that land, why in the world would we come over in the bottom of a boat? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Isn't that interesting? Oh, yeah. So well, me, you know, people who do this, they don't, um, they, they, I mean, they're all related to a king or, or Pocahontas or something. <laughs> I decided. Sure. Sure. Anyhow. Well, now, um, you, you come into a market that, there's no shortage of, of tomato sauces. I mean, what made yes. you think that you were going to be able to compete in that small uh, segment or in that large that's, segment? Uh, that's a very interesting and poignant question. And, um, you know, when, when you're Italian or any heritage and you're making your own gravy or sauce, is the distinct difference from what is uh, on shelf uh, you know, years ago it was just basically ragu and prego, and being in healthcare, we know that you should oh. never put that in in your body because uh, that's one of the reasons. You know, folks, we have issues with health uh, issues in the country with uh, you know sugars and chemicals and preservatives. Yeah, and you know, many many uh, um, people they don't realize how how easy it is to cook up. And, and prepare a, a pot of gravy or sauce, and we felt there was a need to have a true, authentic uh, Italian gourmet marinara sauce. Even now, um, and Peter, with the perceived, and I use that word very carefully, perceived premiums, and we know who they are, when we uh, present to retailers of large food chains we offer to uh, perform a blind taste test. And the buyers will say, you know, you know, Anthony, that's very risky. And I agree with them, and I say, well, we are willing and we're quite confident uh, to perform this for you. And we know that because still on weekends, I'll do demos and tastings with customers. And if I can get a customer to stop on their busy day, being very aggressive to ask them to stop, and they actually stop and they'll say, look, I've been purchasing Rayos for years or Michaels or Carbone or any of the others. Or, uh, you know, I'm Italian. I make my own. My grandmother would roll over in her yeah, grave. Right. They ever heard that I would, you know, purchase a jarred sauce. I said, look, you don't have to buy it. I just need you to taste it. So if I can convince an individual to taste it and then I get, you know, real quiet, subdued, and I let them taste it. Here's what happens next. Almost every time, if not every time, a look of confusion, Ann and Peter, or bewilderment, and, you know, they, they look at me, then they look at the jar and, and what they just tasted, and they say, wait, wait now, they're, now they're focused. And they say, wait, what is this? And I simply state to them, exactly, that's the way it's supposed to taste. And every time... 99.9% of the time, folks, they will take that jar, whatever they have in their basket, again, the perceived premiums in the market, put it back on the shelf, buy two or three of ours, and swear to never, ever purchase the others again because it is that different. It is truly a high-end gourmet marinara 
we've invested heavily into a proprietary cooking process that enables it to taste like their nonas, to have the consistency of making it on the stove and then pouring it into a jar, opposed to all the others. If you notice, they have that similar same, and I don't want to be mean, like just smooth ketchup-like finish. They're all the same. It's basically like a tomato soup, if you will, with some herbs. So, <laughs> you know, it is a crowded market, and we felt there was, there was a need for a true premium. So we launched, and now we're, uh, you know, we're national. We're throughout the southeast in all Harris Teeter stores, all Lowe's food stores, uh, throughout the Midwest in all Myers, Myers stores, Fresh Time stores, Tony's Fresh, uh, Fresh Market in Texas, Central Market, and many other markets that we're presenting to. But back to the blind taste test. So we're in front of the buyer, right? And, you know, they're saying, well, it's very risky. We agree. And so we do the blind taste test. We have two of our cups, in, you know, hidden without the name, and two of the, um, let's say, other brands. So yeah, they okay. taste them, and they, they always pick ours, like, most of the time, if not all the time. So now they'd like to know what the others were. They, they ask, well, would you put us up against? And I will not tell them. I'll change the subject. I'll say, and that's not important. Peter, we, we don't need to bash the competition. I'll go to another subject. They will ask again the second time, if not a third time. When they get really persistent and borderline angry, they would like to know what the other brands were because at this point, folks, they're convinced that we stacked the deck with a much, much, much lower quality brand, like maybe the, the originators, I mean, the, Ragus the, or Pregos. Yeah. Yep. Then I pull out that jar that everyone thinks is the premium, the other brand that begins with an R, and they do not believe me. They think, they say, you're lying. I said, well... There's the jar of the perceived premium that you're holding. There's the cup. You tell me, and they're, and they're oh, my goodness. I can't okay, believe well, it. Well, I'm going to ask, they, I mean, what do you think makes yours so much superior? Well, as they say in Sicily, uh, Antonina, <laughs> if, I, if I told you, I'd have to kill you. <laughs> I was afraid you'd say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you knew that was coming. But, no, it's, it is proprietary. Uh, but, you know, when you taste it, uh, you, you'll you see there's a major, major difference. And in today's economy, where things are tight for families, inflation, you know, to be able to buy a, a jar of pasta sauce for seven ninety nine or eight ninety nine, which is our cost, a pound of macaroni, maybe some meatballs, you can feed a family of four a high-end, healthy, gourmet meal for $20.00 opposed to going to a restaurant for five or six or eight times that amount, and the quality isn't as good. And you're actually home with your family spending quality family time. But so what, what do you do about the quantity issue? I mean, how do you maintain that uh, the small proprietary uh, <clears throat> characteristic and still scale up? Excellent question. You know, when we started, we, we were making pots in our, in our kitchen. Um, my wife and I would go oh, I to know. Uh, so many a people Walmart. have done that. <laughs> oh, 
a Walmart, Walmarts in a 20-mile radius and wipe every single ball jar off the shelves. And every morning from 3 a.m. to 7 a.m., we would make the gravy in four or five pots. And then I started ordering pallets of ball jars from, uh, uh, from Walmart. Once we got into our first set of Lowe's food stores, we obviously couldn't make it anymore, keep up the production. We hired the first of three co-packers that we currently have. And what we do for quality control is I will visit often. I will walk through the process often, make sure and maintain our proprietary cooking process is in place often, pull random jars from random shelves in racks to test them, uh, that's how we maintain quality. Hmm. Now, do, do you have you been recognized in the industry in any way? We're that's still a, a small family-owned company, but you know, obviously, we're growing as we're getting into more and more retailers. Uh, but you know, we've done many uh, other uh, interviews, Fox Business News, and, and many other uh, news outlets. Uh, similar, we've had other podcast opportunities similar to yours, and we appreciate everyone to, you know, spread the word that there is a gourmet sauce, gravy, marinara on the market that's truly the way it should taste. So that's your market plan. I mean, you take advantage of, of any kind of um, publicity that you could get. Absolutely. I mean, it's you very expensive. Yes, everybody. Yeah, yeah, it's extremely expensive to bring uh, product to market because, you know, most of the retailers, there's, there's uh, fees to get on shelf. You have to invest in social media, marketing, oh, yeah. uh, bring down the price, sale price, um, influencers. Uh, the, the list is endless, and it's extremely expensive. You have to hire yeah, brokers, get a distributors. In the major retailers, I mean, getting shelf space is, is almost impossible anymore. There, there's so many. Oh, yeah. You follow how many new products show up at the fancy food show every year? Oh, uh, yes, let, it's incredible. Let, it's let, incredible. Let me, let me ask the killer question. You, yes, sir. Your, your wife and yourself, you're still married after all this time? <laughs> That's very funny, Peter. There have been moments, as you know, as you can appreciate. Yes, we we are still married, and our our day starts every day at approximately between four and four thirty a.m. Put the pot of coffee on. We'll have a you know a nice chat, a relaxing moment. Have our coffee, discuss the day ahead, uh, discuss our children and grandchildren, and then both Kate and I will hit the uh, the gym at. 5.45 until 7 a.m., we come home, shower, and we start our day. And, you know, when, look, when, quite when you, honestly, when you, go, go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt. Honestly, we, you know, I grew up very poor, obviously, in Newark, New Jersey, and we, we never want our children to go through a, a hardship in life. So, at 67, I, we were thinking about retiring several years ago, and here we are starting a brand new uh, company, if you will. But we're doing it to have something for our children and our two recently arrived grandsons. Oh wow! Chase, okay. Chase Anthony, 
and Carlo Thomas. So we have both names covered. So we'd like to hand something down as a legacy to our two sons, Anthony and Michael, and our two, you know, grandsons and future grandchildren as well. Now, what, yeah. what do they? What do, what do they say when you go to Italy? When you you must go back. So, somehow, every now and then, you must go back. Do you take some of your sauce with you? <laughs> no. I'm thinking about next time we go, Peter, to set up a, a, a table and do a demo, do a tasting. We were actually in um, the Amalfi Coast in August for a wedding, and we we're trying to make some connections, uh, you know, speak with some folks. We've got some names we have to follow up, obviously, for, um, you know, San Marzano tomatoes right there in Amalfi Coast because – there is a shortage in the U.S., and it's getting to a point where it's getting harder and harder to get as, as much as we need of authentic um, San Marzano tomatoes between all the droughts and fires and, and, and flooding in uh, California. So, But, you know, our tomatoes are San Marzano imported. It's very important, and that's another reason. It's, you know, and the olive oils, obviously, it's a differentiator. Oh, well, that, yeah. have, you, have you caught any of Anthony Tucci's? programs about visiting visiting his homeland sicily uh, i have uh, all those uh all those programs are very interesting and it's it's so interesting all different regions of italy how um the foods and the gravies or you know all the different food groups are so different from region to region uh oh, yeah. really entertaining entertaining oh yeah it's so different i mean i was raised with a whole different flavor profile with, from Sicily. I mean, there's, yes. you know, Northern African influences and so forth. A lot more bitter stuff, you know. But, um, yeah, so a, a very interesting cookbook. Uh, Lydia Bastiana, she's been a frequent, frequent guest. She did a, oh. a, a cookbook um, where she explained all the substitutions that Italian-Americans did uh, to try to regain um, authenticity, but they're they're not like the the ingredients that they're uh, that they had used in Italy, which was interesting to me because um, I mean there were lots of of things that I I know are different in in uh, Italy than what we have here. So because we 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 travel at least once twice a year to Italy. So. Anyhow, um, we have one final thing to do, which is the fastest way and the easiest way for people to get this wonderful, uh, these wonderful sauces. Sure. Is it online um, or is it? Yeah, well, you know, Amazon, if they're not, uh, if, if all of the uh, listeners um, uh, are either in the Carolinas, again, any Harris Teeter, Lowe's Foods, uh, Meyer, Fresh Time up in the Midwest, Central Market in Texas, um, or, you know, through Amazon, of course, or they can always reach out to us directly through our website, which is AntonioCarlo.com. Yep, AntonioCarlo.com. Get that, um, and trust me, you're going to want to, to hoard up bunches of these jars of sauces, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this comes from somebody who knows what the good stuff's supposed to taste like. <laughs> so. Absolutely. So, and, and, yeah. Antonina, let me, Anthony, let me ask you, for you, is it sauce or gravy? The what? what do you, it, do you, do you call, call it, it sauce or do you call it gravy? 
Oh no, um, we, we don't do gravy. Um, um, no, I mean, I'm third generation um, American, right. so so um, it's not quite the same as, as somebody just right off, you know. Um, I mean, sure. they're, 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 uh, yeah, and and it was it's a different environment to me nowadays, anyhow. So we we yeah. didn't do gravy; we did uh, sauce. Sure. So, but but we yep. did. Uh, we have a lot of very specifically Sicilian uh, dishes in my family, um, but you know, as as in all of Italy, you move from one city or village, I guess it would be the better term, um, to the next one, and you have all different recipes. So that's something that's taken people a long time to understand. Well, we certainly enjoy your sauces, and we also enjoy you. And your publicist was correct. You are totally um, engaging oh. and, <laughs> and charming. Well, thank so, you for that. You know. Yeah. So uh, Antonio Costello, um, remember, listeners, Antonio Carlo Gourmet Sauces. Rush out and buy some jars, and, and you'll be happy for you get it'll get you through Lent too, won't it? That's right. Well, yeah. Dan and uh, Peter, thank you so much for the opportunity having us on today uh, to share a little bit of our story with your listeners. We really appreciate it. Well, we really enjoyed it. And Anthony, uh, ciao and grazie. <laughs> ciao, bella. Grazie mille. Ciao. <laughs> grazie mille. Podcasting services for On The Menu Radio are provided by ASP Station, www.aspstation.net. Well, first off, Jeff Kudrick, um, five stars food. Uh, we want to talk to you about your company and, and particularly focus on what Peter's been enjoying using a lot of is the uh, the glazing butters. Um, yes. Uh, yes. Um, just kind of five stars food is like an umbrella or is it, is it the main company? Yes. Yeah, so, well, five star Montauk um, and we're – you know, we started was with the glazing butters. And, uh, you know, there are a lot of spinoffs of, like, the things that we do for events when we, you know, recipes that we've created and our Montauk uh, clam chowder and our, our clam cakes, like all of these other things that we we sell just locally um, because people in New Jersey. It because, uh, in New yeah, Jersey. New Jersey and yes, yes. Okay. Um and I, I guess we ought to tell our listeners what are glazing butters. <laughs> well, that's a good that's a good question because when when I started working with Rutgers and I decided to go for the marketing side first, and I only had one. I only had one sauce that I did for like 25 years for friends and family. And you know, we went through and we 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 had the the taste evaluation and everything. And then uh, we were trying to come up with, the, I was trying to come up with a name of like what it was. And they're like, Oh, is it like a soup starter? Or is it a, a finishing sauce? Is it a, you know, I'm like, it's not a condiment. I was like, what it does is like, well, when we created it, 
um, I, I would use it on clams on the grill. And I said, when you put the little bit on the clam and it would cook down and we get this crust, this glaze on the side of the shell and you would take a beer and you'd spray down the grill and you'd get this rich sauce that would come out of it. And I was like glazing, right? And I was like, so the idea of a glazing butter, we have a little butter in it. It's really for the mouthfeel and the palate. You know, you don't really need that much butter in, in seafood. Everybody drenches everything in butter, but we, you know, I, I kind of say, think of butter as a textural, like apple butter, and it's thick and it, it, it clings, and um, glazing is what it does. Like you put a little bit on the, on the filet and you put it in a pan on low heat, medium heat, so, you, you know, you're not like spattering and hot oil. And the natural sugars in the, um, in the vegetables just create this beautiful crust. And the, the unique aspect of the sauce is you could add a liquid and it turns into a thickened sauce for pasta, and then you could just let it reconstitute and, thick, and thicken again. So it's, yeah, did, the glazing butter is the activity. Did, did, any, did anybody else sort of invent butters like you, like you have? Or did, did you really create something... It was an altogether new category. It really is an all-new category. So, you know, at a food summit, I met the food scientists at Drexel, and, um, you know, we are working together on, on, you know, pulling apart the things that, you know, we really think that there's, uh, there's something special IP there that uh, we can go after um, because it's unique. It's totally different. You know, the, all the sauces use eggs to thicken and, and all this. And, and we're, we're, we have a really unique process. And with that, because, you know, there's, there's no eggs and it, it, it has a really good shelf life and, you know, the, the, the taste is very clean. Um, and you don't, you know, with all the mushrooms in it, you don't need all the, the natural MSG. You don't have, a, you don't need all the salt. Um, you know, it's really thick and clingy. You know, it's just, However it happened, it was a perfect storm of, you know, just 25 years of just, you know, reinventing it all the time. And then we finally got there at Rutgers. Now, can, can you go over the, the constituent parts? You know, what, what, what is it that makes this, this, the butter special like you have created? Well, um, it's an architecture of flavors and in the ratios that we created and, um, you know, um, part of, you know, the, what got me into cooking and, you know, learning, uh, you know, from chefs on yachts when I was a, a little kid on the docks of Montauk was, you know, I used a lot of mushrooms um, in because of all the attributes that it brings, um, use a lot of mushrooms in cooking with seafood and, you um, uh, those are the, the, the things that, um, and that, that's, that special uh, ratio and combination that, um, that gives the functionality of what it does when you put it on or on a barbecue or, you know, it, you get that thickening and the ease of use, you know, it's, it's, um, it becomes, becomes like a perfect storm. Well, well let's, let's talk about the creation and, and then let's talk about the component parts because because they themselves are uh, are are a big part of the appeal of of the yeah. of the butter sauce. But first first of all, what what what's what's in them? You, the the combination of what's in a butter the butters that you've created is quite unusual. Yeah, there's a lot of um, it's basically all vegetables, 
right? Um, when uh, when we cook with them, we have you know some herbs with some spices, and then it's it's a it's a combination of the vegetables, um, how they're prepared and cooked with you know the mushrooms. Um, now you have some bo- you have some booze in there too, though, right? Yeah. So you know the the one part of that was you know using the different alcohols are important because there's only certain flavors that you can get that are alcohol soluble and you really it's it's a subtlety and when you taste the sauces everybody's like oh and they may feel a kick first and then they then they have this rush of flavor afterwards and it's very mild and soothing um the alcohol gives you another level of of flavor um that really enhances the dish um like you know, in the, old, in the old days, I mean, restaurants used to be able to have the time. They'd flambe and they would do this. And, yeah, everybody's like, oh, it was a show. But there was really a method behind it and a reason. But now because it takes it takes so much time, you've got liability of flames and stuff, and you want to cook it off. But you also have, you know, the, the time that it takes. You know, so what we've done is basically taken all of that time and all of that work to create that, that sauce that you would do from a very long, arduous task, like at a classic French cooking, you know, you take the filet out and then you cook down the vegetables. You know, it's not like cooking a roast that you cook for hours. It takes that long to cook the protein. With seafood, it's much quicker. So well, let, well, let, we've let's done... Sh- let's, sh- let's share with, with the listeners what's, what's, what's in it. I mean, there's so we have some, some mezcal in it, and there's some scotch in it. Yeah. So one is mezcal habanero, right? So the mezcal is a is a little smoky. Um, it has a, a a very clean, nice, summery uh, feel. A combination with uh, you know we have uh, the peppers and we have maitake um, mushrooms, which is you know we haven't even you know talked about all the medicinal values and, and all the trace elements and stuff that the, the, the mushrooms bring. But um, flavor profiles and flavor-wise, it's just tremendous. Um, we have, like in the mezcal habanero, uh, it's, it's the uh, meitake mushrooms. We have ginger, uh, and we have uh, cilantro. Um, and, you know, those combinations of – and sweet onions. So you have a, a little bit of, of more sweetness, but those the onions. And that, that combination um, opens up the flavor of the seafood so that, you know, most people try to – like, they get seafood, unfortunately, these days. It gets processed overseas. It gets caught, frozen, processed, frozen, brought back to the store, unfrozen, right? And then – you know, it's like, oh, it's fishy. I got to kill it. They put soy sauce or or teriyaki, very heavy, very overpowering flavors, and they try to kill it. And you could really create and and mask that um, fishiness, or or really bring out the flavor of the fish with the glazing butters. It's it's kind of formulated to do that. And and, and the process of of using. Let me share with you what I what I do. Uh, sure. Uh, done. Two or three times that we've, we've used this, the butters since you sent them to us. I, I, I basically paint the seafood. Yes. I have a, I have a, I have a little brush. Its, it's trade name is Orca. <laughs> but, but, yeah. But, it, but it's, sort of, it's sort of like a, like a thread of, of some, something that allows you to spread out the butter over the surface. Then you turn yep. it over and you do the same on the other side. 
Yep. I mean, am, am I doing it right, or is there a yeah. mystery to it that I don't know about? No, it's very, you know, and, and this is the fun part, right? Because um, things that, you know, with the food, it should be easy, right? And if you do the research yeah. and you ask every food vendor, every, every fishmonger, you know, uh, or every, every fish supplier and every chain, they're like, we've, we've done a, a terrible job at being able to provide the public with a way to cook fish that is um, easy and convenient and assures them to have a good experience. And, you know, that's what I've tried to do with these, these glazing butters. So, yes, is like what you do, just brush it on, right, medium heat. You, you put it on and, and you, you're cooking it low. There's no spatter, no mess. You know, it's not like the fish fry where you get oil and everything all over the place. And you, you, you know, it browns and you turn it over and, and you're done. And, and it's as simple as that. On a grill, you could put lobsters and grill lobsters and put the sauce on. And then we've gone so far as to really expand its application and really gives an opportunity for food service to be able to um, enter back into really creating rich, flavorful um, seafood dishes that are, you know, easy and convenient. Like we, we do a lobster carbonara where we use the scotch chipotle and you put the lobster meat in with the, with the uh, scotch chipotle sauce and you cook your pasta you put your pasta in, you have two eggs mixed with the Parmesan cheese, you squeeze in uh, your, your lemon juice first, it's all sauteed. Once you add your, your uh, pasta, you throw in your cheese and your, your egg mixture and you whip it, you get this nice sauce, you save some of the pasta water and you thin it, and then you throw tarragon in, and it's like Bernays for seafood, and it is phenomenal. And if you get any on your fingers, you're not going to have any fingers left because you're going <laughs> to eat those too. It's delicious. Um, and, you know, uh, the shrimp tacos with uh, sweet potatoes. Yeah. It's so good. But you're like me. You, t you turn over once in the process. Yeah, yeah. You turn over once. And, you know, we, we want to make it to where, um, you know, it's, it's, it's an entrance. So you get used to it. It's one of those things that becomes a staple in your fridge that you could use it in so many things. Just throwing it on vegetables. I have people that use the scotch chipotle to make um, garlic bread. Um, you know, just, just use it in different things. My wife uses the mezcal habanero as a dip with chips and does stuff. It takes, um, takes cheeses very well, so you can melt cheeses into it and make dips. Um, even the mezcal habanero, I've done ceviche with it, and you just mix it with the, with the, uh, the raw fish, and it's delicious. Now, where did you come from? I mean, how did you – what was your background, Jeff? <laughs> well, it, it's funny that you ask because every time – when, um, when I was at Rutgers, everybody would – I'd tell stories about, like, what happened when I was a kid, where I learned that stuff, and, and I'd tell them, like, oh, you've got to write a book. you got to – you know, this is like – so when I was a kid, um, my, my father was already an avid fisherman, he saw the movie Jaws, and he decided that it would be a good idea to quit his job, buy a charter boat, get a partner, and go out to Montauk and fish with the, you know, the likes of Mundus and the big game fishermen for, for Jaws, for great whites. So he went out there and was doing that, and he was gone all the time. And, you know, subsequently my, my parents were getting a divorce. And so in that, um, you know, my, my journey started where, you know, I was seven years old. I... Um, I, I, my mother was, you know, having a, a fit one day and I, I just decided, you know what, I'm going to go see my dad in Montauk. I've made the ride a hundred times. So I was like, oh, I'll just jump on my bike. 
68 miles. I made it about 58 to uh, Wainscott and then, uh, you know, had got picked up at the Hess station by the cops and my mother had to come pick me up. So she realized very quickly that she wasn't going to tie me down. So then my, the next stage was, all right, I'm going to spend weekends and summers with my dad out in Montauk. And so he had to go on a charter. He couldn't take me. So he, I'd, I'd be on the dock at five in the morning with five bucks in my hand and I'd have to learn how to you know, survive, do whatever I was going to do. So old timers showed me how to fillet fish. I caught fish on the docks. I got, you know, I, I went over to the uh, Montauk Yacht Club and I would sell fish to all the yachts that would come in from all over the world. And eventually they got to know me. And then the, the chefs were showing me how to cook, you know, on the yacht. And these guys are coming from all over the world, you know, into Montauk Yacht Club, going up into Martha's Vineyard. And so I became like the dock staple of, you know, uh, they'd come in, they'd get the fish for me, and then, and then they would do their thing. And, uh, you know, in that, it went through the height of, you know, where I was nine years old, staked the 500-pound staked Mako. I was probably 100 pounds at the time. And, uh, you know, I was, it, was, it was quite a journey. It was quite a journey, and I was kind of brought up by, you know, all, all, you know the people, that, the patrons of the sea that, that worked and lived out in, uh, in Montauk, and it was quite an experience. So, you know, and I wound up writing a book about it that, that'll be out, you know, soon. Oh, you did. You wrote a book. That's right. Yeah. I, I was going to ask you, when does this book come out? Um, it's, it's, we're looking at a, at a, at a published date um, in, in uh, like, end of April in May. Um, we are um, finishing up everything, and we're, we're, we're getting the, the, the forward written. So, you know, it's been quite a process, you know. And well, yeah, it is a process. I mean, I did one cookbook, and that was enough. I mean, yeah, enough. And I, and what, I what is this about? I mean, what, what's in this book? Well, it's the story of what got me involved in, you know, and it was a journey writing the book as it was, you know, growing up on the docks and then, you know, living your whole life and having all of these things where, you know, most people um, would look at stuff and be like, oh, you know, you were abandoned and oh, how horrible and blah, 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 and, and, and make <laughs> me a victim. And I'm like, it was anything but, you know, I was like nine years old. I had no, no, uh, no rules, which also is not beneficial, right? Like, so all the stuff I learned and all these, all these advantages, but then, you know, it's, it's understanding through the stories and our narrations of like the balance and the things that we need. And really it focuses around the dinner table. It's not the, it's not the families that we lost. What it is is that it's the communication and how we um, engage with food where, you know, the meals are, are, we have to eat every day. And the habit, you know, like there's these old sayings, and, you know, the habits are sitting down with the family and, and, and or friends or anybody that will have us and having conversations and narrating our stories and, and really having uh, substantial conversations. And, you know, that's why, you know, I, I get upset with people that feed their kids chicken and French fries all the time. I know it's convenient, but, you know, when they get older and they're sitting next to somebody or they're around people that are uncomfortable or different, they're not going to have to deal with it because they haven't had to, um, deal with things that were foreign or different to them, you know, in a lot of parts of their life. So I, I kind of try to just use the book as a, as a vehicle to create conversation because, you know, we, we need more of it. And it was a reflection for me and basically, you know, kind of, you know, the, the lessons I learned and what I looked at um, growing up, you know, through those times. By the way, this hasn't come up in the conversation, but the, the fish 
that I've liked best so far with all the ones I've used is swordfish. And swordfish, curiously enough, having a fairly strong connection with Montauk. Yeah, yeah. In the, in the early days, that was like one of the big the big places. Um, I mean, I remember when I was younger and on the docks, there wasn't a lot of guys. They were just starting to go out to the canyon, which is 80 miles, 100 miles off. I mean, you used to be able to go to, like, the butterfish hole and catch giants, you know, 15 miles off, and, and the fishing was really? phenomenal. I mean, giant, like, 40-, 50-pound codfish, like, you know, a couple miles off the beach, and now you've got to really? go so far. Um, yeah, and watching, you know, watching, being on the water and watching what happens and seeing that over the decades, um, you know, you could notice the difference, and you see, you physically see the impact. And I think, you know, uh, we don't really – listen to the people that have that firsthand knowledge to understand. Like the whole reason why you see more sharks, you see all the sharks around, is because New York um, New York banned uh, the, the netting, for, the same netting for all the, uh, the, the bunker and the butterfish. So now you have all of these, um, the bait fish, right, coming back in. And that's what I was like last year. My wife was competing in the Hampton Classic, and, you know, the whales are like, like four, I could have swam out and, and jumped on them. I mean, the whales are 40... And I haven't seen that. Even when I was a kid, it was, like, very hard to find because they were staying netting. But, you know, that when uh, I remember I remember watching TV when I was a little kid, you know, and you, you have that, like, on Sesame Street. It's like the guy's stranded on, a, on an island, and it's like he's ripping everything out of the water trying to catch a fish. And the clam says, hey, put the weeds back in. He catches the little fish, gets the big fish. And, you know, it's like it's that's, it, those things are that simple. We just don't pay attention to it. Well, you're like one of those Russian dolls. I mean, I thought we were just going to talk about this butter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's quite interesting, right? Food, food for me, food for me is connected and has so many metaphors, you know, for for life and you know how we connect, you know, and that's what this is. Mm-hmm. Well, um, so I mean, there's there's a lot of the, of your personal experience and philosophy in the book, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, was there, uh, how, how did you decide to actually sort out and make a product? And, and I mean, it's, it's a hugely competitive market, specialty food. Yeah. It's not an yeah. easy route to take if from out of no. the blue, you know. So what's, well, the, yeah, what's and, and, behind it? <laughs> especially in my whole life, the path I wound up taking was in concrete, right? And I, I, I tell people, I'm like, I just mix stuff together. One, I build stuff, one, I, one I eat with, right? So, um, you know, I had sold, I had sold my uh, decorative concrete company about a year and a half ago. And, you know, in that and looking at the direction of passion the things that, you know, really moved me to do something, um, you know, I started, I started looking at, you know, what things I did. My wife was like, hey, you know, <laughs> you do a pig roast every year. You, you invite hundreds of people. You know, sometimes oh, yeah, it was okay. for work. Some, yeah, sometimes it was for friends and family. And, and you, would do, you would sit there in the kitchen and make this sauce, jar it because you make so much, and then you would get a couple bushels of clams and people would come over and, you know, you'd have all this. Like, why don't you do something with that? And so, and that's how I started with. Yeah, I Smart lady you married. <laughs> yeah, 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 she is pretty wonderful. Um, yeah, it's, and, and she's, she's, been, 
she's been um, tremendous and and you know pushing but not hard and yeah you know, I. Forrest Gump is like a documentary on, on, on being an entrepreneur, right? It's like he's running in the desert. He's like, oh, I went this far. Might as well keep going. You know, <laughs> if, you, if you looked at all the work it was going to take and if you really paid attention to it, no one would do anything. I mean, it's kind of the same thing as like why you have brothers and sisters, right? Because if your parents had good memories or foresight, they'd be like, I'm not doing that again, right? <laughs> so, so that's, you know, that's – it's the passion, right? And the passion is what feeds you um, to do it because it's not easy, you know. And 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 you know, I have been, um, you know, looking at, you know, waiting on the book and making relationships and and going out to, um, you know, farmers markets and going places to to get feedback and and see what people think and um, you know, making making food at the at some of the events too, just to see some how how people react and it's been it's been really really tremendous i mean some of the the local fish stores that we have i mean i go on a saturday for three hours and i'll film 90 jars and it's like just about everybody that walks in the place that that buys something um <laughs> just because it's so unique and different you know uh-huh. um and, and, and you live where exactly now um well i'm um uh, in a couple places that my uh we're in in jersey and in florida um my wife competes jumping horses so we go to wellington and she winter says and jumping her. horses yeah so this is your average ordinary couple here <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> uh, she's an a player she's she's competitive she's an a player she keeps me on my toes i need you know i need somebody that has the energy to you know to deal with me <laughs> Well, I mean, it, it, it's kind of. Did you do the fancy food show this year? Yes, we were out. Um, actually, and now that you mention it, we wound up doing both. We did the the World of Concrete, and we did the fancy food show. So uh, oh, you did the World <laughs> of Concrete too. Yeah, yeah, we had uh, we had some um, some stuff out there, and we we do we work with a lot of artisans that that did some incredible work um, carving. Um, you know, there were some artists there from uh, Hawaii that were carving a giant uh, octopus that I, I posted on my social wow. media with the sauce in it. Um, and uh, some guys did this giant uh, globe that they started with an eight-foot beach ball and, and covered it with cement and, and had it on a turntable that spun with all the – it was pretty amazing. I mean, it's just, you know, um, when you're out there and, you know, the, when people are passionate about what they do and they, what they create, you know, there's there's – so much, you know, emotion and and excitement there. It's really fun to be around. Yeah, we I forget where we were. Something I think it was Italy, but, but we ran into um, a, a chef and, and restaurateur that uh, were into competitive carving displays, and what um, they used was old potatoes. <laughs> no way. <laughs> it was like I have a photo somewhere. I mean, it's the most this elaborate a, display imaginable. There's a chef at this restaurant, which was near near Argentario in in Sicily. Oh, in Sicily. Yeah, yeah, you remember that's where that's where we. Yeah, and he won some big prize and yeah, they had, or they had something. Some some world some worldwide prize, I think it was. It was a very elaborate carving of this. But um, it's amazing. Yeah, I mean, I it's, think concrete must be a little bit harder to deal with <laughs> without potatoes. 
<laughs> it depends, but you know, everybody, you know, uh, and that's the thing is, is wherever, you know, you that creative, that creativeness is bottled up inside, and and you know, we find the avenues to do it because we want to share it. Well, now you do both things, and you you do your your glazing butters, and you also do concrete. Yeah, yeah, I, I especially do industrialized construction, a lot of sustainable building. Um, like oh, you do sustainability. Yeah, like better ways. I I I um I do material material science and engineering, like help help develop products for sustainable well, that, building. That's what, see that makes sense because you you have um, your speech and your rationale your rationale seems to all be science based. So you have that yeah. kind of a mind, okay? Yeah. Right. Yeah. For, um, for, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. For whatever reason, I had you know that um, like uh, I, I kind of included part of it in a book, but like when I was younger, I, we went to the boat show. My father looking at the boat that he wound up buying for to to, to do um, you know fishing out in Montauk. But we went to the boat show. We saw Aquinos, which is a, a a foundation that rehabilitated the dolphins after they were maimed in the nets from all the, the tuna boats and everything. And when that big uproar um, was happening and uh, you know, I was, I was really compelled. So I went door to door um, between like seven and nine and I, uh, I was collecting money um, on my own accord with like, you know, random uh, art, newspaper articles and a brochure from, from uh, Okinos to, you know, get help, get them money for their research and to rehabilitate the dolphins. And I get a letter back because I sent in like a few thousand dollars at that time from the kid. And I got a, I got a letter that, that, you know, three days before my, my uh, fifth birthday. And I was like, Hey, I want to go on, work on your boat with the dolphins. They're like, well, you got to have a degree and all of this, but we really appreciate all the money you sent in. So, you know, for whatever reason, I was always compelled to like really help, you know, with the environment and, and, you know, really make sense and, and do things right. When Jeff, you said farmers markets, but um, you must have a more accessible system for for getting this, this these glazing butters. How do people get? Yeah, we get? are right now. We're right now. We're online um, fivestarmtk.com, and we also are in a lot of local, all the way out from um, uh, Gosman's. Uh, fish market in Montauk through Long Island and into uh, into New Jersey um, at at local um, fishmongers, and then uh, we are coming online uh, on Bass Pro Shops. Uh, will be available um, in the upcoming months, and then uh, we are talking to. We are going into some food service, but also, um, you know, we we are we are looking to um, you know make the relationships with the customers. Um, you know, rushing to get it into the stores when it's such a new and unique product and people don't know about it and they don't know how to yeah. use it. Um, kind of the mission was to, you know, get feedback and get people interested in using it and, and build that market. Uh, I've had discussions with, um, you know, uh, ShopRite and a lot of the Northeast chains. And, um, you know, they, they are, you know, looking to, to bring it on. Um, we just want to do it responsibly so we can service it properly. Now, I mean, give us uh, listeners' um, website again, because I had some trouble with that. I had 
a, a number of different um, web addresses. And what 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 is the the best one? It is five uh, spelt out F I V E S T A R M T K dot com. T K. Okay. See what. Uh, M T K is in Tom. As in what? Uh, M as in Mary, T as in Tom, K as in Kite. MTK. What does that mean? That's short for Montauk. Like when you see the the little circle that somebody puts the letters in? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I used to spend a a lot of time in East Hampton when I was... Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. East Hampton is a is a very cool town. Oh yeah, we used to get a whole bunch of us and come crazy people. <laughs> Just go rent the house and, and you know, carry on from there. Um, <laughs> and I never enjoyed that ride out though on the Long Island Expressway. God, I hated it. Oh yeah, no, that wasn't fun at all. I mean, I, I yeah. remember all some old timers that they would take the uh, bottle. Model uh, A, right? That they would go out in the old uh, '30s, you know, cars and and Montauk Highway the entire way from Brooklyn, every every other weekend. God, <laughs> amazing. So, well, um, this has been a real revelation. As I said, I thought I was going to be talking about some butter glaze, and now I have, I have a whole the whole drama. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> including your book, your your childhood, um, your parents. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, yeah I, I hope the book turns out well, and I hope that uh, Thank you. you you really put this uh, five star on the map. What is this? Uh, your email is the, with the number five five, right? That's your email address. So yeah, um, that's okay. Correct. So I I think I have that pretty well lined up then. Um, and as I said, we wish you well. I mean, Peter's really happy. You're into these glazes, aren't you, Rabbit? I sure am. I even make cocktails out of them, too. You do? No kidding. We, 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 didn't, we didn't have time to go there. <laughs> well, <laughs> I didn't I, know I, that. I would, I would be really interested to hear some of the stuff that you do with it because, um, you know, it's, it, you know, it's very clean. Like everybody, like I had a chef from Cisco and he looked at the label and he goes, wow, this is a really clean label. I'm like, yeah, it's like, you know, there's, it, it's really a, a really fine combination of food. I have a, I have a scampi style. Like that's the thing is, is, is the food service will help because, you know, the spicy works well in Florida, Texas, those areas. And then um, like HEB is, is considering us for one of their specialty stores. Oh, nice. But um, you know, when we, when we look at that, like some people, are, you know, it's the spiciness that they're not a fan of, but like we have a scampi style that is just phenomenal. It's just, you know, we've, we're focusing on um, the one and being new and different. Um, you know, I want to try to stay focused on, on the, the core meaning and the product and um, get people to understand and, and get that interaction with the, with the public because once once people start using it and they realize, I, I have somebody that orders cases for, for salmon. They eat salmon so much, and they're yeah. so tired of, like, dill, dill sauce. And they use the scotch chipotle on it, like, all the time. And it's, you know, it's just phenomenal. 
Well, we sure have enjoyed it. So, um, as, as I said, much continued success. You sound like you're off to a great start. And um, well, I don't know what you're going to do with your concrete company. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's all good. We're, you know, it's, it's all, all of it's happening at the, the same time. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, you know, going in and doing um, just the sauce is, is, you know, there's such a learning curve in the industry. So that's why I decided to kind of take my time. Uh, I've had really good luck with, uh, relationships. I have a mentor with uh, TBJ Gourmet, which is the bacon jam I know uh, who company. It is, yeah. And um, so we're we're actually um, you know may may look to work together where they can they could help us with uh, with co packing and you know those those sorts of relationships are invaluable and you know just finding great people to yeah. to work with. Well, that collaboration is the name of the game these days. So so lots yeah. of luck to you, and I love talking to you. And Peter loves your you sauces. <laughs> Thank you, Peter. <laughs> Thank you. Bye, bye, right. Jeff. I, I appreciate it. Five Thank you. Stars bye, bye. <laughs> okay. Bye, bye. <laughs> bye, bye.